Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Pull Yourself to Pieces. Well, you're enthusiastic. Hello. My underwear's yeah. kind of tight. What can I say? Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> well, I can't really see that, but I can hear that. Yeah. No, I'm actually excited because, um, yes. Ray, we have what? a guest in the studio. Woo-hoo! Oh, no way. No yeah. way. Yeah. No way. What did this cost There's a cricket came walking in. I'm going to interview the guy. And no. His name is Jiminy. <laughs> Jim, right. Jim, that's about all we can get. <laughs> it's a shame. What a shame. Uh, Production values and everything, and we can't get any guests. So we have a guest. Well, that's we that's have phenomenal. A guest here. We have a guest that's in the phenomenal. studio. He's an old friend yeah. of mine, an old uh, old co-worker. We work together, and um, we uh, where we did you work together? together? And we um, and we sang together. I hate playing. What? I hate playing straight, man. Where did you work together? Um, well, we can we can cover that when we bring him in. Um, okay. Everybody, he is a friend and a host of a radio show called Motormouth Radio. I want to welcome Chris Switzer into the studio. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Thank you, Billy. Wow. Thank you, Ray. Thank you for having me here oh. on uh, Pull Yourself to Pieces. I'm uh, yes. all getting ready to, to pull and, and, and piece. <laughs> it's a family show. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. What family? The Manson family? Yeah, yeah the Manson family. Exactly. <laughs> nice studio you have here. I like. Oh, the, isn't it, the isn't it nice? How'd you like the green yes. room? Yeah. Did you like the fruit in the green room? I it was fruity. Yeah. <laughs> we have to paint the room green, Ray. In actuality, there is no green room. There is no fruit. None right. of us see each other. We're we're miles away, which is but, really pretty amazing, isn't it? Isn't yes. it incredible? Well, actually, yeah. Most people who listen to the show know that you and I are like four hundred miles, or it's about four hundred miles apart. Four fifty now. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> getting four hundred fifty miles away. He keeps trying to move further away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's gonna be in. He's gonna be in uh, Antarctica, right? That's the one that's yeah. way down. Okay. I'll be shivering. I'll be like, it's freaking cold here, Bill, and uh, just want to say, yeah, mm-hmm. that'll be next. Yeah. Right. And Chris yeah. is. Um, Chris and I used to work together um, in New York, mm-hmm. um, and he is not in New York anymore. Right? You're Whoa. in. Um, no. I am in the nutmeg state. The nutmeg state. The Constitution nutmeg. state. Yes, I'm in Connecticut. The, con- the Constitution. Oh, oh I get Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. Connecticut. Yes. yes. Our northern, our northern friend across the across the bay there. Across yeah. the sound. Sound. Yes. Across sound. the sound. Yeah, yeah, the right. sound. Yeah. Yep. yeah, been yep. here for a while now. It's it's oh, amazing. Is it? How yeah. long have I- how long has it? How long has it been? You there? You've been I there? Uh, I strolled out of New York. I think sometime around 2017. So oh wow, yeah, and oh, I think I've years. been back wow. a handful of times. <laughs> That's been it. Yeah, yeah, I haven't gone back. <laughs> I, don't blame I, you. I had no reason to. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, but yeah I go back. Mm-hmm. I go back three times, about three times a year to visit Billy and his family, and I'm good for about three days, and then I got to get the hell out of there because I, <laughs> I start, be, I start to become one of them again. You do, right? It's, Isn't it's it not funny good. how it's, it happens. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. It, it, I, the way the I way start you just, out. Yeah, yeah. 
I start out normal, and by the third day, I'm a total asshole. And I got to go, I got to get out of here. I got to get back to the mountains and the tranquility and the trees and squirrels. You know, it's it's funny. Rednecks. It's, what? There's a lot of truth to that. And you guys can, only you two guys can experience that. I've never experienced that. I've lived on Long Island my whole life. I hate right. it. I right. mean, you know, there's some nice things about Long Island. I, I, you know, there's, there's, look, there's worse places. Name one. Well, let, let's start from this. <laughs> Name Seriously. one. Go ahead. I'll wait. Name one. Chris is originally from, from New York. He's originally from Brooklyn, right? Not right. Chris. And yes. my brother and I are originally from Queens. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're yep. all New York guys, right? right? And yes, we are. And we are. And I, I, I don't know if you guys will agree with this, but I am glad that we grew up in New York compared to a lot of other states. Agree on that? I can agree with you there. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we have yeah. an advantage over other people. I think so. Yeah, I think we so. do. We're streetwise. Um, We're street yeah, There's smart. a certain awareness yeah. that you learn to it, acquire. It's a yeah, survivalry. That yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's true. exactly true. Mm-hmm. That's exactly true. Um, and you know, since since what it's been what thirty years now, Ray, you've been in Virginia, and. Loving it yeah. and seem like you'd never want to come back to New York. Chris, you sound well, like I, you, you're liking Connecticut. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's amazing how I when I was living in New York, I always thought to myself, the people that left would be right back. Everyone <laughs> that left would be right back. Right, right. No, none. I, I don't think no. there has been or if there has uh-huh. been, I can count them on two fingers. Yeah. 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 Not a lot of people come back. I was the only knucklehead that actually came back to Brooklyn because uh, basically uh, we had a house there that uh, wasn't being used. My dad said, here, take the house. I'm like, you know what? You're going to offer me a house. Okay. I'll take it. So I actually went back to Brooklyn from Connecticut. And that was just the strangest thing because when you go from the tranquil new England litter free environment, and then you go back to Brooklyn where there's graffiti and there's, debris and there's weirdos <laughs> everywhere more rats than people yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. more people that are rats yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it was incredible because I'm, I'm like walking around going you know, you're walking around perpetually going ew, ew. and yeah and, yeah, uh-huh. and, yeah. and right. wondering why right. everybody's talking funny like what's the matter with you why are the marbles in your mouth why yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, what are you up. talking about eh? yeah, yeah everybody talks yeah. like sylvester stallone Right. And you know what? It's it's so funny, Ray, because I grew up in the neighborhood I went back to is the neighborhood where they filmed Saturday Night Fever. Oh, wow. And so it's like I was right by the train tracks and, right. and, and everything. Right. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And, and it's there are still people in that neighborhood that think that Saturday Night Fever was a documentary. <laughs> it, well, it kind of was. You know, <laughs> I mean, in, in a way, I mean, it, it could have been. It could have been. They got everything right. I think. I mean, they really right, did. pretty much. They got everything right. Well, that's funny. walking around, going, "Why am I here? This is just yeah. incredible. Why am I back here?" So, so um, yeah. what part of Brooklyn did you grow up in? What part? I grew up in Marine Park, right by. Oh, that's uh, over by the water, isn't it? Yeah, by Kings Plaza. Yeah, so okay. that's where I grew up, and it wasn't bad. It was nice. It yeah. was. It was. Uh, what would you say? Uh, ethnic diversity, work, working class. Working oh, totally. Yeah. Everybody yeah. was a civil servant. Everybody was either a cop, fireman, sanitation, con wow. ed. Or, or, you, or you worked for the railroad. Right. Yeah. It's yep. the truth. And that it was, was like, that was the dream job, working for the railroad for of some course. reason. Of course. Yeah. Because yeah. you got a pension. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That was it. The pension, the dream right. job, that working for the railroad. 
but was the funny thing was when you were like 19, 20, 21 years old and you were applying for those jobs, you were like, Hey, 20 years, I'll get a pension. And when you're 21, uh, the thought of 20 years ahead of right. you is like, forget it. That's right. never going to yeah. happen. We'll right. never yeah. get there. Now we, bl- now we blink and 20 years goes by. Yep. Like yeah, that. now You're exactly. Right. I blink and 20 years goes exactly. by. Yes, yes. What was so wrong time with speeds us? up. Time speeds up um, mm-hmm. exponentially. Hell yeah. And you tell, you, tell, you tell young people that and they don't get it. Right. And then... And then, then you see those young people about 10 years or 20 years later, and they're like, oh, my God, you were right. Time has <laughs> yeah. sped up. And I'm like, I it's told you. It is the truth. I've had people the in truth. their mid-40s come up to me, and they'll say, hey, I'm retiring. Let's start a business. Let's sell cars. And I'm like, I'm still trying to look for my career. I still don't know, <laughs> I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Oh, you, you're man. retiring? You know, you're dirty. Yeah, old guy. exactly. It's true. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm Chris, a, I'm I, a... Chris, you just recently had a birthday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Happy birthday. Thank you. Oh, happy birthday. When's your birthday? The 19th. Yeah. Oh, Billy's the 10th. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, no, I know. He he had, he he wished me happy birthday and he, he he knew I hit 60, raised 65 this year and you turned 69 this year, right? I'm the kid of this group. Nice. You're the kid of the group. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. I like that. I always like being younger than Billy. I always like that. (laughs) You're always going to be. No matter what we try to do. Yeah, always yeah. look at you like the old man. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's cool, yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, and it was nice. It was a quiet day. No big deal. You know, what are you doing? You're 59. What are you doing? Hey, come on, let's go out and party. No. <laughs> I'm no. Look, I, didn't, I didn't do anything at 60. I know it's a it's a milestone, whatever the heck right. milestone. What Every five years, every 10 years is a milestone? What makes 60 a milestone? Because it was like every 10 uh, years? I don't know. You could chew solid food. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Provided you still have your teeth, <laughs> yeah, right? Right. You know, to me, sixty years old was really old. I, you, you I could that was without you know, making a noise. I don't know. That was <laughs> that was old. So right. Yeah, it's, it's sad when it's sad when you're. You, it, you, when your biggest accomplishment in the morning is having a good bowel movement, that's yeah. really sad. Oh, I come out of the bathroom like, oh, pounds yeah. my chest and everything. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. There is nothing like a good bowel movement with yeah, There's nothing I'm like there a really good is bowel movement. Ready no, to no, take on the day. I'm ready to dance yeah. the night away at that point. Woo! Right. A few pounds lighter. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, do you remember Peter Boyle and Young Frankenstein? That's me dancing. So, no, I don't dance. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me to sing. It's a different story, but no, I don't dance. <laughs> well, speaking of singing, yes. speaking of singing, we have a lot of things we'll try and cover here. But, uh-huh. um, but um, that reminds me of music. And then, um, Chris, you got to tell us about, you know, your interest in music and radio because uh, and how, oh, you know. You <laughs> really want to chase people away, don't you? <laughs> no, we're intrigued because we are. Billy and I, we, we love music. The other, we don't care about the audience. We just do this for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. We have three listeners, so don't worry about it, Chris. Whatever. Yeah, I was, was going to say, I've been, I've been having that same uh, theory for the last 20 years doing Motormouth Radio, and believe me, <laughs> it works out really well. <laughs> You no got to tell us about Motormouth Radio, but lead us up to it if you could. No, no, us- uh, no, definitely no listeners there either. Um, when I was in school the first time and screwing up, I left and, and became. I, I joined like the. I went down to Wall Street. Yeah, and I was working in the business district at Wall Street, and I realized that was awful. Oh. And I literally quit my job. 
on a disagreement with a with a manager, left, went home, and and was listening to the radio. And I heard a friend of mine on the air at a huh. college station, ah. and I said, "If that Jamoke can do it, I can too." Cool. And, and I went right to that school and went right to those. I took those classes. And before I knew it, in the summer of 85, I was in the radio program at, of all places, Kingsborough College in Brooklyn. So, oh, wow. and, and it was a great place because there were a lot of radio people that came out of there. And I spent about two years there and then jumped right into the business. I went from playing dance music to, uh, uh, and, and, you know, talking loud and drawing a crowd yeah. uh, to, I went right from there to playing country music. Wow! Oh no! Yeah, talk about oh, a culture no. shock. without 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 somebody having a gun at your head. You did this yeah, voluntarily. Right. Why, Chris? Why? Well, well, you take what you can get in the radio business, right? Exactly. I guess so. Yeah, I, yes, I worked for a station, and none of these stations exist anymore. We're going back so long. The station was oh, WKHT. I know. It was in uh, Weathersfield, Connecticut, and it was uh, oh, wow. um, it was a country station on the AM, no less. And I used to get truckers that would call and request songs and i'd go i'll get it on for you and they'd say no y'all get it gotta get it on next 45 minutes because i'm going to be out of listening range by then i'm in the truck <laughs> god. oh my god oh my god and i'm like oh, okay crazy. all my exes live in texas going out to cleophis right here on wk <laughs> oh, so yeah it was it was a lot of fun went from there went uh, playing oldies at a station called wcfs in westport uh, left there and played rock and roll at 95.9, the all-new Fox, which is the only station that's actually still there, but I think it's a shadow of itself. And I ended up uh, working at WVIP Radio in Mount Kisco, and I was wow. a program director there. And uh, that was a lot of fun because you get to yell at people, and <laughs> they, yeah. they, all, they all think you're a jerk, so you might as well <laughs> live up to the, what their expectations are. Right. And uh, yeah, did that for uh, about a year and a half. And then I realized, I said, you know what? There's no benefits in this. Ah, <laughs> there's there's that, no medical. It's right. a, the, the only benefit was that you go to work, right. you get paid. Right. You right. don't go to work, you don't get paid. Right. So right. Uh, so I left. Oh, oh yeah. So there was no benefits in, in uh, uh, working at WVIP. And I decided to go into television. And that's how I ended up at Cablevision. And I was working master control there because gotcha. it was funny. I was earning like, I think uh, whatever the number was uh, at WVIP, the number at the annual income at Cablevision was like $500 less, but they gave you all kinds of benefits. Right. So I said, oh, the heck with that. I'll just go to Cablevision. Which well that's a good trade-off. Yeah. That's and that's what I ended up doing. And, and uh, that's when I was there for a couple of years before I ran into Rob Leonard. And Rob used to say to me, everybody comes up to you and is asking you car advice. I don't remember how it happened. And Billy, you can attest to this because we would be in the graphics room and someone arbitrarily would walk in and go, I got a problem with my car. Sit down, my son. Let's all talk about this. And then we would have this this impromptu conversation about automobiles. Um, Well, Rob noticed this and said, come back and work with us at the college radio station in Long Island, which was WHPC. And and I was like, no, why would I do something that asinine? I'm not going to go work. Why would I do something? Well, for no money? Are you out of your mind? So he, 
Billy, if you remember how Rob's technique is, he's like a crab. He'll just keep asking you. He'll just, he holds on. He never lets go. He just keeps asking. He's like, Chris, I want you to do a show. That's how he sounds. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, okay. Right, right. Just to just to not hear his voice, you t- you said I'll, I'll do it. I'll just <laughs> do it. Yes, exactly. Just so I have to hear you. I don't have to run into you in the in the hallway and avoid right. you. So so that's what I did, and I ended up putting in a proposal for um to do an automotive talk program on WHBC, and it was kind of funny because my interview day with the program director was September 11th, 2001. Oh, oh, wow. What a day. That was the day I was supposed to meet the PD at the school. So wow. here I am, nine o'clock in the morning. I'm driving right. along the Belt Parkway. Oh, There's damn. all oh. kinds of cars coming the other way, all kinds yeah. of police cars and fire engines. And there's two burning buildings right off, off, the, off wow. the horizon. Yeah. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm fat, drunk, and stupid heading to Nassau Community <laughs> College to meet with the program director. And it's kind of funny because I was really bitter about radio at the time because it really was a a business that I wouldn't recommend any kids getting into. So of course I walk in and I'm all ready to to battle it out with the program director and tell him what kind of stinky business he's in. And he, and he says to me, he goes, we're evacuating the building. Get out of here. You start in January. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Guess I got a radio show. So yeah, <laughs> so that's how it happened, and and wow. uh, so, been doing um, it for twenty years. So something similar to Car Talk. We like to counter program. We at the time we like to counter program Car Talk. Car Talk was a very polished. Uh, they already had their right. calls already set up. Not right. that they knew their answers, but they certainly knew the questions. So yeah. they're that ultra technical, polished, well staffed show. Yeah. was not us at all. <laughs> right. Okay, so you you guys were just winging it, huh? We were the complete opposite of that. Yeah, a lot of times. Cool. That's great. We, we had callers, and we still have them. We have a lot of callers that have stood the test of time with us. One guy, his name is Joe the Undertaker, because every car he owns, he kills. So, <laughs> he's, so he's been Joe the Undertaker for 20 years. Um, aptly named yeah. I like it. oh yeah we, good. we have one of my f- two favorite callers is something you'll never hear on any radio station we have a guy his name is bob from rockville center we love bob bob is a is a true fan of the program right. and then we have tom from massapequa and they created a rhythm where one would call and then yeah, 20 minutes later, the other would call. And sometimes they'd switch. Either Bob would call first, then 20 minutes later, Tom <laughs> right. would call, or then Tom would call and then Bob would call. It was that sort of thing. So Bob one time admitted to us, he said, every time Tom calls, I go out to the garage and have a beer. And we're like, <laughs> What? He says, it's yeah. a drinking says, game. Exactly. It's a drinking game. Every time. So, so what happens is Bob will call. And then literally Bob calls us, asks us a question. It's always a legitimate call. He's always very prepared. He makes his call, hangs up, and then maybe 20 minutes go by. And then Tom calls and we all go, drink. <laughs> <laughs> That's too Tom's, funny. Bob's drinking. Yeah. So, <laughs> Never in, in, did I ever hear anything like that in any 
radio program at yeah. all. So, but yeah, those yeah. are the type of characters that we have calling us on a regular basis. And, and I tr- wow. truthfully, I wouldn't have it any other way. And it's gotten to the point where nobody really fixes their cars anymore. We, we, what do you no, mean? We can't. We take yeah, that, we, what do you mean? We are overwhelmed by technology. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you can. You just need different tools, basically. Oh, you mean because of the technology? You can't. Right. Yes, because of the technology, okay. we can't. Gotcha. We can't yeah. fix our cars anymore. Yeah. Right. right. So what ends right. up happening is people will call. Some people we get a. We still get car advice questions, but a lot of times we'll get people telling us stories. Ah, yeah, gotcha. car yeah. stories, which yeah. is even more entertaining. So, oh yeah, yes. sure, sure. Oh, that's so for things sure. like that happen, and and uh, that's pretty much the progression of the show. We've gone from, um, I guess you could say, an entertainment based, uh, uh, automotive informative based talk show to more like an entertainment talk show. Right. Hey, uh, guys, um, Ray, Chris, going to take a quick break right now. We'll be right back after this. This is Bill, and you're listening to Pull Yourself to Pieces, the podcast, hosted on Anchor. You never heard of Anchor? Anchor by Spotify is a podcast host platform, and it's an easy way to make a podcast. We picked Anchor because they have everything we needed all in one place. You can record and edit a podcast from your computer or even right from your phone. Then you can have your podcast distributed easily to multiple platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and much more. And did I mention it's free? That's right. Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We're back. Okay, we're back. Uh, where were we now? Yeah. Well, you you and yeah. Ray, and it's funny, Ray, Ray, I'm talking to you, Ray. Um, yes, I'm Chris's, here. Chris's partner... Um, on the radio show is also named Ray. His right? name you is guys Ray. Have been together for twenty years doing that show. Wow. Yeah. Um, you you and Ray are are obviously car enthusiast. Well, I don't know. Who, you know. I don't know if we've mentioned on a show about right you Ray being a car enthusiast, but Chris obviously is oh, a yeah. car enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Um, since you since we, you were young, Chris, or um, oh yeah, yeah, from from day one. What was your what was your first car, Chris? I had my first car was at age thirteen. Wow. My mom, my mom gave me a 1963 Cadillac. Oh, nice! And she basically said to me, "She says it'll keep you out of trouble." And it, at the time, it was like a fifty dollar car. I had the doors <laughs> off it. I had the trunk off it. The the trunk lid off it. I was swapping parts out. Of it. I bought two more. Wow. And before the age of sixteen, I had a pile of parts. I mean, that was it. <laughs> You know, he, he had his own chop it. shop. Yes. He had his wow. own chop shop. Junk everywhere. Oh so yeah, it drove the parents crazy. But yeah, that was wow. it was uh, that was my first car. And it, and I had it up until about age 20, 22, 23. I owned other oh, cars, wow. but I always kept that one and then finally I just said it's way too much. Got to yeah. get rid of it. So I sold it. Yeah. And and uh and just always just kept buying them and selling them, buying them, learning about them and then flipping them. And rarely did I sell a car in worse condition, at least not to my knowledge. <laughs> then how you got it. Then how I got it. Oh, yeah. the, in- yeah. the intent was not to be Joe, the undertaker. That was the intent. Right. Yeah. Right. So I've right. killed a few cars. I, I definitely feel the guilt. But how, again, how, well, I've, had, you, I've had a lot. I've had a lot of, now, now I wouldn't no. So it's not just cars. When I say vehicles, I've had a lot of vehicles because okay. in in that pile are a bunch of cargo vans, 
two large regular uh, straight job trucks, oh, boy, um, sure. a minivan, but mostly cars. And I've had 67 vehicles. Whoa. Um, since I've been driving, and I've Jeez, been driving right? since I'm 15. Wow. Yeah, wow. really? 67 that's actually pretty impressive. Wow. That's a, that's a that's lot of cars. Yeah, that you've kept That's a count. lot of cars. <laughs> I had to write them all down so I wouldn't forget. Holy and, smokes. you know, when you, start, when you start thinking about it, and you think, all of a sudden, I'll be sitting there, and another one will pop in my head. I'll be like, oh, that's right. I had that, I had that 71 Buick Skylark that was black. Yeah, I had that. And, and you just start <laughs> writing them down. And, and, um, I, and I bet you... On yeah. one, I could be wrong about this, but my guess is that on one hand, on one yeah. hand, you could count the new ones, right or wrong? Oh yeah, the wow. new ones, yeah, right. That would be easy. But right. go so, back so to I'm the saying, very. So you probably had no more than about five or so new ones in all those cars, right? Maybe? Oh, oh, you mean new cars, right? Okay. That were new. Uh, yeah, no. Um, right. Let me see how many new cars. Um, one, I put them on the spot. Oops, yeah, sorry. Two. <laughs> No, it's going to uh, be a handful, I, though, right? No, come to think of it, I think I've only had two. I've no only way. had two. I've only had two new cars. Wow! Out of all of them, and they yeah. were both 2003 Mustang GTs. Oh wow! Oh, um, wow! Nice cars, nice cars to have. Yeah, well, I I I bought my ex. I needed I needed somebody to co-sign up for the loan, so I got my ex to co-sign on the loan. Uh, f and then we split and she wanted to get off the loan. Well, the right. only way to do that, I had to trade the car in for oh. a new car oh. and get a, and get a loan without her on it. So mm -hmm. that same year, six months later, I had to trade in that 2003 Mustang GT and get another Mustang GT. So brand new car <laughs> oh, with her amazing. off, with her off the loan. And I ended up getting a, a convertible, but I already had a Z28 convertible. So now I got two convertibles, a Ford and a Mustang. And uh, I mean, I mean, a, a Ford and a Chevy, you know, mm -hmm. the two cars that basically been going at it for years, a Camaro and, yeah, and a right. Mustang. So I have right the best of both worlds, basically. Right. But I didn't really want another convertible. But so here I am with, you know, those two cars. But you uh, needed to clone yourself so you could get in the cars together and you could do like, you know, racing down the uh, uh I, I could I could have had my own gumball rally many times. Chris and I used to talk about gumball rally when we worked together. We yeah. Oh my gosh. What oh, a great yeah. film. Nothing nothing totally. nothing after that ever compared to that original movie. It was the best. Oh, yeah. It was I the think best. You're right. I mean the, 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 the footage wise. For, for footage wise alone, for for because I think if you look it up, they didn't what is it undercrank right to make things look faster. They didn't right. undercrank anything in that film. So the, yeah. the speeds that we see in that movie, anyone any audience who hasn't seen Gumball Rally, just to watch it if you're a car enthusiast, if, you probably did if you're a car enthusiast, you probably yeah. did see it. Sure. Because you know most people talk about the Cannonball Run movie, right? But that's yeah, not even it's close. so different, mm -hmm. right? It's so different. It's it's entertaining, but it's not yeah, like I, the Gumball Rally. I'll right. tell you what, the only movie that comes close to that for real speed is Blues Brothers. Uh, in the end, when they're driving that, sure. that, that Chrysler, and, oh, they're yeah. go, and they're under the L, man, and they're doing well over 100. They're really going that fast. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no fake in that. Yeah, That's true. That's, those, that's, a, those, that's a hell of a scene when they go flying by. That's right. Those two yeah. movies, both of them, were yep. authentically sped. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But right. They were driving yep. that fast. That's for sure. Yeah.
That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so Chris, ahead. you had a lot of cars in your life. Um, are there any that you 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 um you kind of regret that you got rid of? Uh, I, I regret that that uh, Ray got rid of his. The, the, oh that, my God! <laughs> tell me about it. And you, that, hey, you want you really you really want to you really want to cry? Okay, yeah, you're gonna cry. Okay, Mustang you're ready. You ready? Okay. That thing is on its way up. The Camaro Z convertible is forget, on its way now up. Now forget that. Let's let's go way back. Okay. okay. The second car was a '66 Oldsmobile 442, three-speed on the floor with a 350. Yep. Um, that's that's a, uh, a, I a, had, a car on the way up. I had mm-hmm. a 67 Oldsmobile 442 with a 455 four-speed rock crusher on that thing. And that mm-hmm. thing went through tires <laughs> like every two weeks. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Any I had a 60. is a good car. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Here's the one that I, here's the one that'd be worth a fortune right now if I still had it. A 68 yeah. Dodge Coronet RT 440 convertible. Yep. Bingo. Oh, <laughs> I remember that car well. The, um, yeah, my brother's five years yeah. older than me. I don't know how, how, what year what you had that car. How old were you when you had that car? I was eighteen. I was eighteen. No, right, nineteen. So I, was, I was nineteen. Right, so I was fourteen I, years old. Right. And you, you and I drove in that car. Yeah, Chris, it was the fastest I ever drove in a car. That car had a speedometer. I think it went to one fifty, and I think he buried right. the needle. I used okay. to bury the needle. It in was really thing. kind of scared the crap was, out of me. It was and sick. And that was on a side street. That. No. <laughs> That was through that was, a school zone. No, that that's why I don't drive anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the driveway. Yeah, right. yeah. On the driveway. Yeah. yeah, I hate to break it to you, Ray, what they're asking for those cars now, especially. I know. Tell me. I, I know. I yeah. know. Big uh, 67 GTO, his and hers. How uh, ironic 60, is it that a time when you can get GTO. all those cars, right? Mm-hmm. You can get those cars for like dirt cheap, right? Where yep. you can't do that now. Yeah, no. And now kidding. they're worth so much money, right? Where, you know, now you, you, you know, you 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 buy new cars and their value depreciates. They don't have that. None of them have that. that no, no, no new cars are going to have that staying power. Does does the Corvette even still have that kind of resale? Depends on what on what class, what year. Exactly. I'm going to exactly. say you know? I'm, I'm I'm mentioning like from 2000 up. Um. Yeah, from 2000 up, right? Because the C4s didn't do well, but no, the C5s the C- are holding their the C5s are holding their own. Yeah, they're actually C5s are now the uh, almost like the best bargain Corvette. Yep, you can interesting. Buy. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yep. there's not many cars in the last 20 years then that have actually sort of. I'm saying new, right? Bought, bought new, or, or you know, cars that have been manufactured well, in the last 20 years that are really um, going up in value. Not that much, you're, right? You're, Chris, I mean, you, a lot of your BMWs still hold their value. Yes. Yeah, a lot of the the uh, um, M series the B- BMWs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Uh, because it's a well-made car. I mean, it's one of the best-made cars. Yeah. And um, I've, I've had a couple, so I can vouch for how well those things are made. Um, yeah, they really they are. They survive under my foot. They're, that's a well-made car. <laughs> <laughs> tell you right now. But, I had uh, I had my M3 up to 160 on Route 64 in Virginia uh, when I had it. That was back in 2010. And there was still wow. more pedal. I didn't have the thing pegged. There was still a lot more pedal. So that's oh a that's gosh. a testament to what that straight six cylinder will do in that little car. 160 miles an hour with still more to go. What year was the was the M Ray? What year it was, was a 2002 2002 yeah. M3. It mm-hmm. had about 60,000 miles on it when I got it. Um, you know, six speed. But um, out of all the cars I've owned, and I've owned a lot. That car handled the best. Oh, I believe it. Really? 
I believe the absolute best. It never felt like it was going to come out from under me. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, I was taking cloverleaf curves at 80. I was taking curves that said 30 miles an hour at 70. Oh my God. You know, just downshifting and just going, you know, there there are a lot of mountains. No, (laughs) there are a lot of mountains here and I know them all. And so I would take that thing out on those mountain trails and, and put that car to the test. And that was the only car that I never felt it would betray me. Now I've had other cars that, oh, the, uh, my Corvette, I had, mm-hmm. I had a tooth, I had a 91, just got rid of it, convertible. And that car always felt like the ass was just going to come out right off yeah. of me. I never sure. trusted that car. Mm-hmm. It no, just I, I didn't it. handle well. It I didn't had, handle well. Ray, I had an 84 C4. First year. First, first year. year. Yeah. What? It, it was literally a buckboard. I mean, there was just, <laughs> it was like driving on wooden rails. Yes, was, you felt was, every bump. Every single bump. And did I trust it? Absolutely not. I never trusted it. There you go. There you go. And yet, you know, it, it touts that 50-50 weight, you know, distribution. But I swear to God, I don't know why. That ass just wants to kick out every yeah. time. It's true. I had a RX-7, one of the first gens, an 81. And that car used to get, was the most unforgiving, best handling vehicle I had. Because it would handle great up until the point where it wouldn't. And then you found yourself in the weeds somewhere. I mean, literally, the rear end would just just go. And it was no warning at all. You didn't hear, like, the tire squeal. You didn't feel, like, a little uneasiness. No. You're like, everything's great. Radio's crackling. I am doing Uh swell. Spin. You were done. Wow. It's like just that you were the most confident. The the key to to making those kind of turns and stuff like that is is a car that's low to the ground, obviously. That's the It helps. Yeah, I mean, it it helps, but you need you need that rubber making good contact. And that's that's everything. Without the rubber making good contact, your car is not going to handle well. So, you know, uh, it's funny. um, I just thought about I know why I thought about this. You guys both talking about cars. And I I, I'm pretty sure if I'm right on this, Chris, tell Mm. me if I'm wrong or not. We would talk about different cars that you owned. And I'm pretty sure that you had a triumph. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, what right. year? What what yeah, you have? I, I, I had yeah, one too. What you triumphs. have? I knew that. I, I had what you a, have, Chris? A seventy-four TR six. I had a seventy-two GT six. Oh, nice! <laughs> the, the hard top. Yeah, I had the hard top. That's the Spitfire, right? No. Well, That's yeah, it. it's the Spitfire body, but it's the hard top. It's not you a convertible. The it's, the G, it's the GT. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're nice. Straight, straight six. Yeah, but I, I'm trying to remember the stories um, with both you guys about four, those cars. Four Weren't speed. you trying to always kind of keep those cars alive? Oh, yeah. You know the problem? Yeah. You know, I, I kept snapping rear axles because oh, wow. the axles on that thing are like a pencil thin. I yeah. mean, literally, like as thin as a pencil. And mm-hmm. when you've got me... My big fat ass in the front seat of that thing, you know, <laughs> doing hole shots. Those little British cars are not made for that kind of no, abuse. Triumph and I British would just sna- yes, yes, yeah. Well, they, I did, would they just make, sna- did they make motorcycles first, or they made the cars first? I think they made the that's a good question. First, interesting. Triumphs, yeah, yeah, probably. They probably. I don't know. I you'd they, have to ask a motorcycle. They're, they're not out one. there anymore, right? That 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 company's gone, right? No, Triumph is gone. Uh, yeah, Triumph is gone. They went yeah, out gone. like thirty years ago. Are those yeah. cars valuable? 
Um, it all depends on condition. Condition uh, is yeah, huge because gotcha. yeah. right. they rust with a vengeance and oh. a lot of people love to just mess with them. And I'm always yep. a big fan of leave it alone. If it's stock, <laughs> leave it alone. And it, I can't say the same for my longtime radio colleague because he likes to modify yep. everything. And uh, we yeah. always have this rolling gun battle. I'm always like, it's stock, leave it alone. And he's yeah. like, no. Well, the, the- the great yeah. thing about the triumphs is, is that the whole the whole bonnet or the whole front end lifts up. On um, yours it did, yes. On mine yeah, it did. Right. The whole. What do you mean the front the end thing, lifts up? The whole yeah. front end. Well, the whole the, the 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 hood and the fenders are all are one, and it it oh, pips wow. up. It lifts yeah. up. All right. And like what you've got shell. is you've got this you've got this huge engine bay with either a little four cylinder in it or the straight six that comes in the GTs, right? And so it's real easy to pop that six cylinder out of there and drop a small V8 in there. And sure. now you've got a car with some real balls that you could really, <laughs> you could do some real damage yeah. with. Raise and right. that's the, that's the best way to soup that car up because it starts out with independent rear suspension already. So, you know, it's going to handle well, it mm-hmm. sits really low. You got some good wheel wells in there to put some nice fat rubber back there. You drop a little, you know, you drop a 327 in there or a 283 or even a small block 350 and you've got a, you've got a rocket now because, you know, what's surprising to me is like, you know, I, I'm nowhere the car enthusiast or, or anything near the, the level of you guys. But what's funny is we all grew up, you know, we're only five years apart that, between six years apart between the, the three of us. Mm, we all right. grew up in the seventies and I have so much remembrance of commercials and the promotional stuff for the triumph cars oh yeah because they made that oh, whole yeah. thing about the shape of the future remember the tr7 the tr8 shape of things yeah, to come. the way yeah. things to come the shape of the, the wedge and it's, and it's mm-hmm. so weird that that car is like gone yep. you know what i'm saying yeah it's like it's like you don't just, you don't see them anymore no and, and you wonder what happened to the company that that you know you think that they were going to be the future that look and like nope it didn't happen for them <laughs> it happened, well, it, well real you fast know. you know what pretty much put the kibosh on the british sports car industry was the datsun z the 240z ah, because yep. they were priced about the same Got and it. if you went to go look at a, at a tr6 you were going to spend about 3500 four grand back in 1970 so then yep. you went over to the and, and the, who the heck at the time ever heard of Datsun or even took them seriously right. nobody, right. nobody did so right. you went over to look at a z and you'd be like same price and okay the top doesn't go down but holy smokes Talk right. about a, a six-cylinder, a rev forever, a, a, yep. a perfectly machined five-speed over the yep. four-speed. It was yep. just – I had one. I had a 73 260, and the car was just a jewel. It was real yeah, compared really? to my – Compared yeah. to my triumph, and I can yep. I can only imagine the people that ran from British Leyland to go hop in hop in something a Japanese rice rocket yep. and and enjoy the day and trouble free motoring no less these cars yeah the, with the with electrical systems away. that didn't fail all the time yeah they, right <laughs> they used to call the, the electrical system that was in those British cars was called Lucas and you yep. didn't want to disturb it because you didn't want to let the smoke out <laughs> that's right. <laughs> It's the truth. Don't the most unreliable it. electrical system ever yeah. conceived. Yeah, really? they called him the Prince of Darkness. Horrible. Oh, Horrible. Yeah, it was. I would clean. That was usually a Saturday afternoon with me. It was I'd clean all the grounds on all the all the uh, yeah. all the ends. Yeah. Just clean yeah. all the grounds because wow. you know that yeah. one of them's going to get dirty, and then next thing you know, you don't have headlights. The, the Lotus yeah. was a British car, right? The Lotus. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Lotus. Lotus was a cool looking worse. car, but I don't think that had, well, it, had it was that well. So made. was the MG. The no. MG and the MG had the same problems too. Again, terrible electrical systems. Yep. Same company, same Lucas. I got to ask both you guys a question. If, if, yeah. if, what's your, Chris, what's your, what's your ultimate dream car that you would have liked to have owned? Did you ever <laughs> oh. own it? No. I your don't favorite car? I've, I don't have a favorite car. It's so funny. Oh, I do. You don't no, have a favorite really? car? You, Chris, no, come on. You no. have to have a favorite car. No, there's a That's whole so bunch funny. of cars. There's a whole bunch of cars I like. Like you can't narrow it to just one. Just real, real fast. Here's what I did. I when I sold the TR6, I sold it a couple of years ago. I bought a 1969 Chrysler 300 convertible, the biggest oh, wow. tank you could find. In, in, <laughs> yeah, the biggest thing. I've always had big convertibles, but I had a lift because I'm on the road with the with the TR6, and I'm like, this is nice. Now I'm up in in Connecticut, so it's a bunch of whole two laners everywhere, and like switchbacks yeah. and things like that like yeah. you deal with right so it's i'm, I'm yeah. doing the yeah. same thing and i sell the tr6 and i buy this chrysler because i always like big cars and you got to see me on the road with this thing it's like two hands i got two <laughs> tires on the yellow line i'm missing trees i'm taking off side view mirrors it's just this is a big big. it's a mama luke of a vehicle so <laughs> yeah so i laugh to myself i go boy this is what i got boy you know it's now it's a handful so i Cars to me, some there's some things I like about them, some things I don't like about my favorite cars. So I, to answer that yeah. question and narrow it down to one, I don't know if I could. I really don't. Gotcha. Maybe a top oh, three. I, Tell I, me. Okay, what's your top three? What's your top three? Oh, I have. Well, give me your top three. Uh, I'll take a '59 Caddy convertible. I'll take a split window Corvette '63, oh, yeah. <laughs> and and probably of an an old four door cop car. Something that looks mean and nasty, like a 79 St. Regis, wow. all blacked out, something real strange and <laughs> murdered out. That's that, yeah. that's that'd be the, my hot yeah, the, you, you want the Green Hornets car, yeah, the Black Beauty. Oh, yeah. There you go, yeah. Oh, yeah. that was a hot looking car. That was sure a hot was. looking that car. A, that was an Imperial, yeah, yeah, that totally. was a hot looking car. So, what, what would be your number one, right? My car is a car that I've never owned, but a friend of mine in high school did. And I, I was in love with this car. Huh. And he bought it in 74, because I remember. And um, he bought a 1972 Pontiac Grand Prix SJ. Oh, cool. And, and so you wouldn't think much of this car looking at it, but get in this thing. And first of yep. all, it's, 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 it's the top of the line for comfort. Right. I mean, it, it's it's it was Pontiac's top of the line for comfort. Really? Yeah. Um, the Grand only thing. Two door or four door? Two uh, oh, it was a two door. All right. Two door. So this thing has a really long nose and a very short deck in the back, but mm -hmm. it has it has single headlights, dead center, um, spaced apart, and it's it's just it's just, just the the lines in this car are gorgeous. Well, besides being triple white, I mean Ooh. triple white, so the car was all white. Wow. You get in this thing, it's got bucket seats, it's got a you know, it's got a console, the shifter's on the console, it's got a 455 Pontiac engine that's got like ridiculous torque. And you mm -hmm. take this thing out on the highway, and the power is amazing. It handles like a Ferrari, and it shouldn't because it's got a <laughs> solid rear axle. All right. Yeah. The thing's heavy, it's probably two tons. At okay. Least. But the thing would handle like unbelievable. 
at 80, 90 miles an hour, you felt like you were doing 30. You didn't feel like you were going that fast. It just hugged the road. The car was just an all-around amazing car, and I never forgot it. And riding in it with my friend driving was was the ultimate. So that has always been, for That's me, been your car. a dream car. And I can imagine what? what that car would go for now. Oh 20 grand is the best price oh. I've seen All right, that's not insane. EBay. I thought you could have said 60 or 80 right grand. <laughs> 20 grand. Yeah, but it's Ray is right. Those cars are, I would say, undervalued because of yeah. uh, the way they were. The, it had Pontiac had two lines. They had the J and the SJ at the time in 72. Yep. Huh. And and they had a very driver centric interior. They yes. Pontiac experimented with everything at the driver's fingertips. So if you had if oh, you really? were behind the wheel, yeah. everything yep. was facing you. It wasn't flat. Yeah. It was so the passenger had to reach around to 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 uh, to turn the radio knob. That's or, true. Yeah, it's true. Control yeah. the air conditioning. Yeah. It was really a way ahead of its time. It was time. like a cockpit. It was yeah, like a wow, cockpit. Yeah, really. Like a I cockpit. mean, it was really. Yeah. It was like it was like a cockpit. Yeah. Yeah, and it's true. Gorgeous, gorgeous car. And they are. I I would take any Grand Prix from uh, sixty nine to seventy two at least. Definitely. And you and you and you say Grand Prix and people go well. Don't you want a sports car? And I'm like, dude, trust me, this is a sports car. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, right. you know, it's, it's, it's not packaged like one and it's not sold like one. It's right. sold like, like the Monte Carlos were, you know, oh, um, God. Right. right. it's sold yeah. like the Monte Carlos were right. or, or the top of the line Caprice. But I'm telling you, this, this thing would hold its own against any other car. Maybe not, maybe not the, um, the, you know, the Chrysler's, you know, we wouldn't do well against a Roadrunner or, a, you know, an RT Charger, but man, I'll tell you this thing, this 455 just packed an, an amazing amount of power and ama mm -hmm. but then 71 and then in 72, 73, that's when they started, you know, detuning everything. Right. Cars lost all that power for, you know, um, for MPG and, you know, and then right. Right. that was the end. Yeah, you know, I if think seventy four was, was the I think seventy four was the last good year for muscle cars. Uh, well, uh, Pontiac tried again with a Pontiac tried again with a GTO, and it was just it was it 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 was nothing more than a Phoenix with just Pontiac badging on it. Oh, it was it was a shame. Oh yeah. Hello everyone. I hope you've been enjoying this interview show with Chris. We're going to put a close to this show right now, and we'd like you to please join us for part two of our interview with Chris Switzer on our next show. Take care, everybody. Uh, please check out our website, pullyourselftopieces.com. That's right. And you can subscribe to the show in Google and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, and YouTube, or via RSS, so you'll never miss an episode. And if you enjoy our show, don't forget to give us a high rating. And remember to tell your friends about the show. Thanks for listening to our show, and thank you to freesounds.org, and Gottlieb, Audio Mirage, Flash the Brain, Cognito Perceptu, FK Prod, Mirage Taser, Shadow Wisp, Deboss, Biku Seru, Intra Environmental Sound Project, Julian Nicholas, Carmelo Mike, G Kill Hour, 140178 Sound. CMU Sound Design, Alan M.G., Dirt Super Anton, Eric H. 2000, Bulbastray, FK Phantom, Ultra Dust, Ada Records, Stuart Colborn, Fabroid, Cubadup, GJ, Syntax C, Inspector J, Astounded, Madge, 061785, Just Invoke, Short Record, Lorenzo Sue, 
and I'm Mackenzie. Creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0 slash legal code.